the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. I'm Bob Moffat. Welcome to The Kingdom and Its Stories. In this program, we record people from around the world. We're glad to welcome you to uh, this morning's or afternoon or evening, depending on when you happen to be listening or watching, uh, The Kingdom and Its Stories. And in this in this podcast... What we want to do is to interview people just like you who have learned how to be Jesus' hands and feet through their lives. And today, my guest is Steve Harmon, who is a neighbor of mine, literally, uh, in the same neighborhood where we have recently moved here in uh, Orcutt, California. And Steve, um, it's wonderful to have you with us this morning. Thank you for for being on this program. Why don't we begin uh, by you briefly telling us your story, because that's a fascinating story. So go ahead. Well, thank you, Bob. I appreciate you, the invite for being on the show today. Um, my story that begins with discovering Jesus as a 19-year-old, but uh, that was a, a miracle in itself. But more recently, about five years ago, I was uh, – and ill health. I wasn't, wasn't doing well, losing a lot, a lot of weight, about a pound a week. And I was down about 30 pounds. And I was in the hospital. And I was thinking it could be my last day. And I didn't, you know, I'm not that old of a guy. So I wasn't sure, but I felt like it could be a heart attack or something else. And I was in the hospital room sitting there and my, you know, you can hear your heart racing because they put your finger on the, the right, monitor. Right. It's going beep, 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 really fast, like 140 beats per minute. Wow. And wow. you have to be sprinting to get your heart to go that fast. Yeah. And uh, I called my wife up from work because I figured it could be my last day. I thought, well, if I'm going to go, I can't go by. You know, I don't want to go alone. I mean, we've got to say goodbye. And so we're holding hands in the in the hospital room. And uh, something inside me just says, you know, close my eyes. And I just said to God, I trust you no matter what. And I could hear right. the machine. is going, and I go, oh. I said to my wife, I'm going to be okay. Let's get out of here. And, and then the nurses and others come back in. Where'd he go? What happened? And I walked out. It took about a year and a half for me to actually recover from that condition. Uh, ended up being a stomach issue. But uh, along the way, I had words of encouragement from people that I didn't even know. Like on the street, a stranger came up to me like a month later and said, um, you know, I didn't know the guy. He didn't know I was sick. And he just said to me, God's going to heal your heart, then your body. And uh, this is the person you didn't know. I didn't know the person at all. 
And I just, I just stood there walking my dog and I, because I was very encouraged at the time I had brain fog. I could barely stand. I could barely walk. I was sleeping 18 hours a day. I was sick. You know, it was very, very serious. I mean, I thought I was on the way out still. And um, that word from God just gave me the, the, the strength in my spirit to continue on. Did he have an ongoing conversation with you or is that all he said? Well, we were talking, he was talking about English football, like soccer teams. (laughs) And, uh, and so I figured my mother's British, so I, I, I knew a few of the teams he mentioned. And then during the middle of that conversation, he just blurted out, God is going to heal your heart and your body. So, and then uh-huh. he went back to talking about English football. So God used him as, my, as his voice to let me know, hey, you're going to be okay. Right. And I needed that for about another year because it was still a struggle for about another year just to live, just to, to function. But God did heal you. He, he did heal me, you know. Um, then I realized on the afterwards that it was through that process of, of um, suffering, basically, that I, you know, I had to trust God 100%. You know, sometimes in life we trust him 75% or 50 or, or, or zero, let's say. Right. But in that moment, <clears throat> for a good year and a half, I had to trust him 100% because nothing else worked. And uh, he taught me a lot of lessons. God taught me a lot of lessons about life and who he is and and empathy, you know, I learned empathy and different things and uh, learned to love people a lot more because I, I realized how fragile we are, you know, and how precious we are to God. But we're so fragile. We, any one of us is. Uh, so, you, you, Steve, you said that God taught you to learn, learn to love people a lot more. How, how has that worked itself out? Well, before I got sick, I was actually helping the homeless people in the streets and I was doing it for God, you know. And I felt like God was in that because he says to go, you know, feed the poor, clothe the naked, you know. I mean, Jesus says these things. It's, it's pretty uh, pretty straightforward. There's no mystery what he wants us to do. Right. So I started doing that about a year before I got sick, actually. And then even when I was sick, I was still going out because the only time I really felt better, I started to feel alive again, was when I was out in the streets. And even though I was, you know, not doing well, I was still out there giving away food and clothing and whatever and just trying to be his hands and feet. And, uh, and his voice, you know, and, and with me, God was like, I was, I was always a believer, like God has power, like, you know, not just, we're not just doing humanitarian things. I began to see different miracles happen through that. Like God was healing people in different ways. Some of them had bad backs, some of them had um, cancer, some of them had different things and they began to get healed. And so I began to discover a different side of God that I didn't really know uh, beforehand. And so when you talk about people being healed, um, how do you know that wasn't, I mean, you know, what evidence was there that, that that healing was real? Right. There's one example is a guy named Greg who was sleeping on the side of the road and a really tall guy, probably 6'3", but he weighed like 140 pounds. And God wanted me to go talk to this guy. And I ignored that, that, that idea for about a month. I thought, oh, I'm not going to go over there. I finally went over there and I felt, I felt sad because I should have gone earlier. And I went and talked to Greg and he couldn't stand up. He couldn't walk. He couldn't hear out of his left ear. I said, you know, anyway, I ended up praying for him uh, over the course of a couple of weeks. And um, he said he was going to walk to the hospital, which I thought was completely ridiculous because he couldn't stand up. Right. A couple of days later, I went back and visited him and he had, he said, I went to the hospital and my hearing's back after you prayed for me. And I can, I didn't think he could walk because I wasn't sure. But he had the hospital wristband on, on his wrist. Yeah. And the hospital was two miles uh, walking one way. So he walked four miles there and back. 
and he couldn't stand up before that. I mean, literally, he had he didn't know what was wrong. He he was a believer. He was a believer. He just didn't know what was wrong with his with himself, and uh, we needed to go get checked out. Uh, that was one example because he you know, he was obviously he could hear and he could walk, and and the hospital trip verified that he was better and he was not no longer sick. Wow. Okay. So, so what what is your life's passion now, and how does that? Uh, work itself out in terms of being Jesus' hands and feet? Well, Jesus says the things I do, you will do, and greater things, uh, because he goes to the Father. Now, I'm not, I'm a believer that when Jesus says something, he, he means it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those guys. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I do. So I'm wondering, you know, we're trying to, we're just trying to do the things he did. And the passion is that you know, when I was sick, I could have been gone in that day in that hospital and been, that would have been it, you know, a little footnote in the newspaper or online somewhere. And um, when I first became a believer, I really wanted to change the world for the kingdom of God in a very big way. You know, with a, with a, I had a huge fire. And so I regretted not having that fire. And I said, now, now's the time to release the fire. And God has just uh, done that in, in such a powerful way, way beyond my, my expectations. So just building the kingdom every day because, you know, the world is coming to an end. I mean, we look around us. We know it's not going to be here like this. And uh, these are the end times. So we need Steve, to know. You know, as a, do you, do you, is this your full-time work or, or are, do you have a job, um, uh, an income? And, you know, how do you support you? And how does that all fit together? Well, I've, I've been used, spending my own money on, on the outreach, really uh, reaching the streets and um, and sharing the testimonies with everybody. You know, we share it online with us so others can read the t- testimonies. But I've been doing it on my own. I believe, I'm not a huge believer in a lot of uh, the way things are set up with, you know, with, with the church and stuff. I'm a believer in the God will provide and make a way for, for each one of us to do what he wants us to do. Yeah, so we're... we're not responsible just to support the programs of the church, but we're individually responsible. That's not, you said it better than I did. Yeah, we're individually responsible. And I think of that woman at the, at the temple who gave her two or three shekels and everybody else gave a lot more. Right. And she gave what she, she gave from her heart. And that's the difference. It's like, what can we do from the heart? You know, not from our pocketbook. Because the pocketbook's going to go away, but our heart is what God's always reading. Right. With that. So, what are some examples of the kinds of things that you would do in a week's time? Well, usually every day I'll, I'll go and hit the streets uh, in, in a town near me or even far away. I'll just ask God, where do you want me to go today? And I'll get a vision of a city or a town or a place or a person. And I'll go there and um, I'll see what God wants to do. I don't have any script because I don't want to limit God to whatever I think. And he says, lean not on your own understanding. So I don't. I just, I just want to see what he's up to. So, and, and on the streets, he's up to a lot of things. He says he's close to the downtrodden. You know, he's um, close to the brokenhearted. You know, obviously he says, feed the poor. Jesus is in those places. You know, if you, in, uh, where is it where he says, if you fed them, you fed me, basically. You know, it's like, let's go feed Jesus every day. If you see a homeless person or somebody you need, go give them something to eat because you're basically feeding Jesus. Sounds like Mother Teresa to me. Um, uh, yeah, but without the Catholic. <laughs> okay. This is, this, the idea is Jesus is always in, in the in the action. You know, uh, he's in the action. He walked around. You know, Paul walked around. All the disciples walked around. 
and met people and where they were. You know, so let me, let me understand. You, you just wait for the Lord to speak to you about where you should go. And then you go there to see what God has in mind? That's right. That's well, right. Tell, tell, us some, tell us some stories of, that illustrate what that means. Okay. One night I was eating pizza, 8 o'clock at night, you know, getting ready just to watch some television, relax, and, go, you know, and then go to bed. And my wife's across the table from me. <clears throat> and all of a sudden in my heart, I feel this urgency to get up and leave. I, I just told, told my girl, I got to go. And I just stood up. <laughs> and I got in my car and I raced north about 25 miles to this town. And I, and I was speeding. You know, I was obviously breaking the law, but I was going to tell the officer, you know, this, I, this, I got to be there. Yeah. People will take it later, but I need to be there. And I got to this, uh, this uh, downtown area. And I was looking around and I saw this guy, this uh, young guy who's a heroin addict. And I'd seen him before, but I was wondering, well, why am I here tonight? You know, I didn't know why I was in this, you know, at 8.30 at night. Well, it's dark. It was wintertime. It was very dark. And um, right behind him was this, was this other man who was, uh, I don't know what you, what you believe in, but this other man was very possessed. He was like um, uttering things like very demonic type things, like, you know, in, in his voice. And pacing back and forth behind this this young man who was a heroin addict. Now this heroin addict was a believer, you know, he was a believer in Jesus. Uh, his brother had died, and he had a lot of tragedy, so he turned to drugs to try to you know try to soften yeah. the pain. Uh, he ended up being okay overall. I mean, he got out of it later on. But that night, this one possessed guy was walking back and forth behind him, right, for like thirty minutes, and I just sat there talking to him. his name is Mandy, the, the boy. I was talking to Manny for 30 minutes about God and everything. He's in, we're just praying. And this guy just kept on grumbling in the background. And um, I realized at that time that God wanted me there to protect Manny because Manny, you know, at times would pass out and be completely out of it for, you know, mm. for, for a day. If he had done that at that moment, he might've died because that one person behind him seemed to have different intentions. Right uh, against Manny and people do die in the streets. You know, I found, uh, you know, one time we found a, a guy that was dead under the bridge, a homeless man who had died of exposure, and God led us to that man so we could call the authorities and have him, you know, taken away and buried properly because he would have been under there for months otherwise. Well, wow. different experiences like like that where um, sometimes there's urgency to it where God's like, no, we have to go now, and other times there's not. He'll just leave me around the streets of a town and I'll just turn the corner and there'll be somebody that, that nobody would ever see. And just there, there in the bushes. And they're like, well, I've been praying for hours for food. And they're like, okay, well, here I am. And here you right. Okay. Different experiences. For those of you who are listening to the kingdom and its stories, I'm um, interviewing my guest is Steve Harmon, who is literally a neighbor of mine. We live in the same neighborhood and we've met each other and discovered that we each are followers of Jesus. And, um, and Steve has got a really unusual testimony of how God healed him from near death. And, um, and, and somehow, which, you know, I'm really fascinated by Steve. It seems like, you know, God, you know, really speaks to you by his spirit and tells you to go somewhere where he has someone that he wants you to minister to. And um, and so you've just told us a couple of stories. Tell us how, how 
Okay, if this happens during the day, do you have a regular job? Uh, how, how do you, you know, um, are you independently wealthy? <laughs> or, or I'm do not, you... not independently wealthy in this, in this world, um, maybe in the next. <laughs> okay. well, no, I, have my own, I have my own little company. Uh, we do software. Uh, trying to, you know, it's, it's a startup. It's a venture. Right. And, uh, I've, been in, I've been in technology about 25 years in the Internet field. And um, that's sort of my, I wouldn't call it my day job, but that's my, that's my job is okay. we're not earning a lot of money with it. Actually, I, you know, I'm going, I'm going into my reserves basically to go and do my outreach on the streets. But I just believe that God is, uh, I know God's in it. So I'm not worried about, uh, you know, the financing of it. There's a lot more we could do. I think from the wisdom we've gained, I've done it like five years now. Right. A lot more we could do, uh, you know, in different places. And it's kind of sad when you see somebody where you know they, they, they could be safe in a house somewhere, especially some women on the streets. You really, you know, really it hits you when you see that they've been attacked or beat up and their things stolen and, and, and they have no way to defend themselves. And you just love to just pick, you pick them up and put them in a little, a little house somewhere. Um, and so they're safe, you know, for the rest of their lives that's what I'd like to do eventually, but we, we, we're not doing that yet. Right now we're just going and doing whatever God wants to do. I'm fascinated, Steve, that, um, you know, most of us, you know, think that our first priority is to make an income so that we're, we're okay. And it seems like that's really a secondary uh, role in your life. You know, you see your primary role is listening to Jesus and responding and then the the secondary issue is providing income for you and your family. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. I think a lot of things in Scripture don't make sense until we experience them. Hmm. He says, seek first the kingdom. Say that again. A lot <laughs> I of things in the, hear that. in the Scriptures don't make sense until we experience them. Yes. And when we experience them, it's sort of like a spotlight shown on that Scripture, and we understand it in our heart. Not just a mental thing. We can read scriptures and memorize scriptures all day. And people do. But they don't make any really, really make any sense until they are in our heart and we experience them. So, I, uh, I'm fascinated by um, the parallel between what you've just shared and the psalmist who said, I know more than my teachers <laughs> because I meditate on and I do. I practice. I do what your word says. And um, and I, I just, in my own life, I've really seen that so true. You, you can have a seminary professor who may know, or a Bible teacher who may know the word very well, but if they don't practice it, they really don't understand what God is saying. Exactly. I think the challenge for believers is we're all in the, ki- you're all in the kitchen with a recipe book, but nobody's baking very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good at recipes, but you yeah. know nothing's in the oven. Yeah, well, I have recipe books. We do in our home, but you wouldn't want me to cook. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I cook on yeah. the streets with God's with God's recipe, not mine. Amen. It's Amen. Better. Well, tell us tell us a couple of other stories that illustrate you know what God has called you to do. Well, one time there was I was in this park uh, about forty miles north, and uh, there's a young man in there with a dog, and uh, he, he was crying. You know, most men don't want to cry ever, but he's crying. He's in the park crying. I could see he's distraught, and it's very rare to come across for anybody in the world that's ever distraught and shows it to you. We're mm-hmm. good at hiding all of us. Yes. 
And uh, so God led me over to him. I talked to him and, uh, and he said that he got beat up the day prior on the streets, got beat up and his stuff was stolen. And somebody tried to steal his dog as well. You know, and, and on the streets, you know, your dog is your best friend. It's, it's your companion. You can imagine that's something very, right. even with yeah. your house and your, you know, your own, your own backyard. If somebody steals your dog, it, it's painful. But on the streets, it's, it's, it's 10 times worse because that's your constant companion. You know, the only friend, really friend you have in the world. Right. So, and so I'm just, li- I'm just talking to him, but I'm listening to God, you know, if that, if that makes any sense. So I'm just saying what's happening. And his name was Kenny and he's about 25 years old uh, from Southern California. He said, well, I goes, I, I'm, I'm done with the streets. I'm done with the streets. I'm done with the streets. And, uh, and I'm just listening to God. Like, what do you want to do, God? What do you want to do? Because without God, we can do nothing. So I said, what do you want to do, God, <clears throat> in my heart? And then he said, well, just tell Kenny he's going to have a job and a place to live. And I said, well, and I was like, okay, uh, that sounds strange. I said, okay, Kenny, you're going to have a, a place to live within 30 days and a job within seven days. Wow. And I just said, uh-oh, you know. <laughs> it's out there now. Yeah, and my friend was with me, so I had a witness saying, "Okay, you know, the, okay, now if this doesn't happen." And he was homeless. I mean, this, the, you know, how's he going to get a job and a place to live in that and that quickly? And this is just before the pandemic, just before the pandemic hit. Anyway, uh, two weeks later, um, the pandemic had just hit. Two weeks later, I'm I'm in another town, twenty miles south. I'm having lunch. And there's Kenny walking with the dog right in front of me. I go, I got to jump out of my ear. Kenny, what are you doing here? And he says, hey, it's you. It's you. I said, what? And he said, I I got, hey, because you know what? I got a job within seven days. I said, oh, great. Yeah, but they fired me because of the pandemic. I said, oh, no. So we had a job for two days. Right. And they go, well, where are you going? I said, well, I was in contact with my mother. I'm heading down south to go live with her again. So he had a job within seven days. Right. And he has a place to live within 30 days. He's had a right. to live with his mother again. Yeah. And this was miles from where you first met him. He was 20 miles south. And, and I just happened to be at this. Uh, I was in, eating in my car facing this sidewalk, you know, which normally I'd be eating in the restaurant. But I'm eating in my car backed into the, to the parking slot facing the sidewalk. And I, rec- I recognized this guy, 25-year-old guy. I go, that's. My friends with me, the other friend that was with me that I told, you know, when he got the word of the prophecy, basically. And I says, hey, that's Kenny. And I, I couldn't believe it. So God does stuff like that. But I think he's looking for, you know, I've seen on the streets when, when somebody's really broken. Yes. They're, they're in their last, you know, their last straw. And then God works. He just works quickly. Because um, there's no pride. There's no pride in the way. There's no... Uh, you know, all those issues that people have in life, you know, when you're really broken. And when I was sick, I knew the same thing. When I was sick, I was broken all the way down to the core. It's like when you're really that way, there's only you and God. And right. It works really you know, it, it's, um, it, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by how you seem to have a connection with the Lord that allows him to speak to you in ways that doesn't happen to many of us. Um, what do you think that is? Is that just for you or is that, is that for others? Are there things that we can learn from you about that? I think it's for everybody. I just think um, we need to listen better. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in hearing other voices as believers. That might be a a Christian rock band. It might be even a great pastor. It might be a great teacher somewhere. 
Uh, and they and surely they're giving us words from Jesus, you know, or God through them in some way. But we maybe become so enamored with them that we forget the source. I don't, I, you know, I'm a big believer, like when, you know, go to, go to the source. Yes, you can have these other, you know, the, the, the pastor, teacher, evangelist, and all these other things. Even a word of prophecy, you know, I'm, I'm always testing things, you know, I'm always testing. Is it really God, you know? Right. Like always go to the source because God made us from, you know, from scratch. He knows us better than we know ourselves. I'm a big believer. Go to the source and, and he will talk to us. He, he's, he wants to talk to us. It's just so many distractions in this world, you know, television and internet and all these different things and, and, and worries, you know, all the worries we have of jobs and income. And they're real. They're real. We're not saying don't work, you know, don't have those concerns. Yes, but you got to put them in their proper place. Right. I've just seen God come through for me when I was, I was actually broke, you know, years ago. And uh, I mean, I don't know how much time we have, but it, I got a crazy story where I was losing my house, you know, about uh, over a decade ago. And I was in the Salvation Army asking them to pay my electricity bill. And uh, they didn't pay it, by the way. Um, yeah, we've and, uh, got less than 20 seconds, Steve. God, uh, God came through and we didn't lose our house. I mean, there's a lot of things where, you know, when you just trust him and he will talk to you and he will show you, he will make things happen. He'll thank show you, you signs. Thank you, brother. For those who are listening, let's put ourselves in the place where Steve has placed himself. And that's a place to listen to our father, take directions from him and obey. Steve, Thank you so much for being with us this morning. May God bless you and encourage all of us by what you have shared with us to listen more and to obey more. Jesus God bless. Discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.